On this episode of the Nesson Patriots podcast, we preview the team's first preseason game as they get set to host the New York Giants on Thursday night at Gillette Stadium. Plus, we break down what may be the biggest variable for the Patriots offense as they struggle to impress during training camp. Hello and welcome to the Nesson Patriots podcast. My name is Zach Cox, joined as always by Dakota Randall, both of us coming to you from the Gillette Stadium press box after the Patriots' 11th practice of training camp, their final practice before their first preseason game, which is set for this Thursday night against the New York Giants. will be very interesting to see how this Patriots team, which has shown some pretty big problems so far this summer, especially on offense, how that unit fares against some actual non-Patriots competition. Uh, but before we get to that, we can break down some of what we've seen in this last week since we've last delivered you your Nesson Patriots podcast. Uh, first off, Dakota, how are you doing today? You uh, staying cool now that we're out of this 100-degree uh, heat? Uh, I'm, I'm doing all right. It's, uh, I'm trying to stay cool. Uh, you know, the air conditioning here in Gillette Stadium can be a little questionable sometimes. So it's a little sticky, but doing all right. Yeah, we're, uh, we're fighting through it just like everybody else. Uh, but I guess we might as well start with really the big storyline of this week and the big storyline of Patriots camp so far. And that's just the offense, the, the Patriots, obviously, as we've talked about on previous episodes and, and written about and, and talked about in, in videos and whatnot, it's really been the, the main storyline of this offseason. A new offense, a new offensive coaching staff, a new scheme, most of the same players, but just really seeing some issues from that group. Uh, that have persisted basically throughout training camp. Uh, today's practice, Tuesday's practice, was actually a step in the right direction for that offense. Uh, we, we saw it be a, a little less mistake-prone, just a little more smooth. Uh, we were able to, you weren't seeing plays getting consistently blown up in the backfield uh, on every other snap, basically. But that's what we saw from the team yesterday on Monday, which I think most people uh, who watched that practice agreed it was probably their worst of the off season or of training camp rather from a offensive standpoint. So it's, it really is too early to make any kind of definitive judgments or draw any definitive conclusions, especially because the Patriots haven't actually even played a game with this new offense yet. And we don't know how much of what we've seen them run so far is things that they're sort of trying out in training camp and in the summer that aren't actually going to be part of their kind of, weekly repertoire during the season uh, or whether we've been looking at the offense that the Patriots actually want to run all year. So still a lot of questions, a lot up in the air with this unit, but after watching now 11 practices here in Dakota, what's your, just your, your general feeling on where this Patriots offense is? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a, a loaded, loaded question. question. I, know, I know. Yeah. It's a loaded question. Um, I got to be honest. I mean, you know, when I left here yesterday, and again, you know, you know, and in the interest of full transparency, this is, you know, my first training camp. So I don't have first Patriots training camp. So I don't, I don't have a ton to compare it to. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I've not been out here saying this is my, you know, the worst practice I've ever seen in my 20 years of covering football, because that's just not the case. But it's by the it, yesterday was by far and away the worst I've seen them look either in a game in person, in a spring practice, in a training camp practice. I mean, it was, it was as bad as everybody said. And when you take it into, you know, 
as a full picture of all the other practices that preceded it, I mean, I, I, I kind of left yesterday thinking like they have to hit the reset button, but it, I don't know what that means is, I don't know if it's, you rethink coaching, you rethink who's calling plays, you, you ditch the whole zone blocking thing, you completely dial it back uh, to basics or, or, you know, kind of go back to what Josh Martino said when he was here. I don't know what that looks like, but I, it's really hard for me to see them given how they've looked uh, between now and when the season starts getting anywhere where they need to be, to be a functioning offense capable of winning NFL games. I mean, it's been that bad. And yeah, today was a step in the right direction. Um, a much needed needed one, but you know, it was, it was pretty dialed back. Seemed like a pretty simplified practice. You know, they were, it seemed like they were kind of operating somewhere between half speed and full speed, a lot of red zone work, a lot of focus on the running game. Um, I just, you know, I don't know how much you can really take from that. Um, again, yes, it was better. The, the, the running game had more, had more holes to work with. The passing game finally seemed to string together some good plays. Um, but again, it was kind of a back to basic simplified day. And we saw them do that last Wednesday too. So it's now the second time they've kind of had to do that during camp. And it seems like this is pretty late for them to having to be doing it again. Uh, so for me, you know, to answer your question, my overall feeling is, yeah, as minorly encouraging as today was, it still feels to me like unless it looks so much better Thursday night against the Giants, we're kind of reaching a tipping point with this. And I just want to know what it looks like on the other end. Yeah, and the the bar for improvement today was a pretty low one to clear after how they looked yesterday. Uh, I think you, you come out of today's practice, their 11th of camp being – moderately more encouraged just because it didn't get worse, which is what we had seen in, in the previous couple of practices. You at least did see some, some positive plays and, and some positive developments there. And the offensive line didn't look like a complete and total disaster. Um, but again, it's not like they were coming out here and slicing up the defense. Like we saw at times during some of those, uh, some of those non-padded practices back in the spring or, or very early in training camp. And I think the big thing, that I'm going to be watching and, and that fans should be watching. I know it's not super sexy to watch offensive line play, but that's really going to, I, I think that is the, the single biggest variable with this Patriots offense right now, uh, because we've seen them look pretty good and pretty capable and pretty confident in these seven on seven periods in these passing camp type scenarios um, it's not like they're, they're winning every rep in, in those periods or anything like that, but they're operating like a real normal offense that looks like it can move the ball and score points. And then as soon as you add the, the offensive line and the defensive line in, in so many of these training camp practices, that's where everything has just fallen apart. And I think that is the, the single most important thing that the Patriots need to fix right now. And it sort of speaks to. I, I'm kind of in the same in the same zone with you uh, on some of this, just from a, a coaching perspective on the offensive line. It's it doesn't seem like a great setup right now because you have Matt Patricia as your offensive line coach, your official named offensive line coach. One, he hasn't coached offensive line since 2005. Two, he's coaching offensive line while also we think calling plays, at least at the moment, which that has diverted his attention in a lot of these practice periods. Uh, it's not that he's never paying any attention to the offensive line, but we've seen uh, a fair number 
of drills through these training camp practices where Matt Patricia, because he is the guy that's calling the plays, is over with the skill position players and in some seven-on-seven work. And it's Billy Yates who's doing a lot of the actual kind of one-on-one uh, offensive line teaching the technique stuff, the uh, the actual teaching the skills to these offensive linemen. I can't say with certainty what that exact split is between those two guys, but when you're having an offensive line that's going to have four new starters, it looks like this year, or at least four starters playing in different spots with David Andrews, the only returner in the same position as last year. And you're bringing in a new scheme or at least a new partial scheme that you're going to be running. It seems a lot more than the Patriots had in the past. And you're doing that with a offensive line coach who's, whose attention is just divided right now. It just, it seems like a dangerous combination and it's a combination that we haven't seen work so far this summer. And even Mac Jones spoke to that after practice today, when we talked to him, he just said the communication between himself and the offensive line and between the offensive line with their fellow linemen, it's just different now than it was last year. And he admitted that there's been some frustration so far because they're, it, it's, they're clearly not on the same page. You're seeing free rushers come in. You're just seeing blown up plays. And maybe that's something that they just have to continue to rep and they'll get eventually. And they'll kind of start to gel as a unit eventually. But I mean, even though we still have a month to go before the regular season, this seems to be something that you want to have nailed down in, in late May or June, rather than still trying to figure everything out when we're now into August now. So I agree. I think with the offensive line, if things don't start to stabilize soon, you're going to have to change something, whether that's swap out some of the personnel you wanted to use or just make a change on that coaching staff, just to, whether it's not kind of fire anybody or get anybody off the, off the staff, at least sort of do something with those responsibilities to, to make it easier for these guys to pick this thing up. Yeah. And I think that I mentioned this to you a lot on the side that I, the hardest thing for me to, to sort of wrap my head around uh, with this whole Matt Patricia, Billy Yates offensive line situation is, you know, when, when you're watching games on Sundays, you know, it's it's common for us to see, you know, when the offense comes back to the sideline and the defense goes back out, an offensive line coach, whether that's been Dante Skarnerkia for years or Cam Barcillo, uh, you know, before he left to go to Vegas, you know, they're over there, they're coaching up the offensive line, they're going over the things they need to correct, all this stuff, giving them the pep talk, and they're the ones in their ear. And if I just don't, and maybe there's an example from the past that I'm unaware of, but I just, it's hard for me to envision Matt Patricia calling plays and then also use, devoting the time that he needs to, to, to coach up the offensive line during games. I don't see how you can possibly do both, at least not at a level that we're used to seeing the Patriots do, which, you know, has led me to believe that maybe it just is really Billy Yates as the primary offensive line coach and Matt Patricia is the play caller and the Patriots just aren't, haven't totally told us that way. I'm not sure. But I, I'm with you. I just the dynamic there, how that looks, and maybe we'll get a better idea Thursday night. Maybe that's when we'll finally sort of know how that's going to look. Um, but if there is some sort of lack of consistency there, and players don't really know who to turn to or or who they need to be looking to for coaching in these situations, I mean, you know, I think you take that, you take the them trying to learn this new offensive scheme, which obviously the Patriots aren't going to tell us everything about, but it's clearly different. Um, and also to your point, incorporating four new starters if you count the Isaiah win Trent Brown swap, uh, it's not a surprise that it's looked disjointed, not cohesive, because uh, there's so many so many parts in motion uh, that it's just not surprising that it's looked that way. And so, you know, again, to your point, 
it maybe the answer is just going to be changing something or multiple things, whether that's just really dialing it back and simplifying it, going back to, you know, traditional Patriots running game. I don't know. Um, but that is absolutely going to be an interesting thing to watch. And I mean, you know, some of the players on that line, I think you feel pretty confident that you know what you're going to get from them. If they're healthy, I think David Andrews, uh, I, I feel good about. If Trent Brown is healthy on the left side, which is a huge if, you know, I think reasonably I know what to expect. And even Mike Gwendo, even though he's new to right guard, you know, I, I don't anticipate there being much of a drop off, if any, from Shaq Mason. We'll have to see. But I think Cole Strange has been pretty up and down during these practices, some good, some bad. You expect that from a rookie. Uh, but still, for the Patriots to be as good as they want to be, especially in the running game, and if they're going to do a lot of this zone blocking stuff, they're going to need good good play from their left guard. Um, and then on the right side, which is a whole different conversation, we don't really know what's going to happen there. If it's going to be Isaiah Wynn, if he's even healthy, is he going to get traded as we've talked about? If he's not around, is it Justin Perron? Is it Yanni Kajust who looked good today? Uh, it's just there's so much that's undecided that it's just, it's hard, you know, I, I'm with you. I think something's got to change. Or they got to at least figure out some of this stuff uh, pretty soon. Yeah, the the right side of the offensive line situation is is pretty interesting right now because uh, Isaiah Wynn did not practice today. Basically, didn't practice yesterday either. He was there, but didn't take part in any of the team drills yesterday. And, and again, he's making that position switch from left tackle to right tackle. And I wouldn't say that he's looked anywhere close to fully dominant in that role this summer. He's definitely had some uh, some growing pains as he shifts over there. First day he was out, the Patriots plugged Justin Huron in there, and I don't think it went particularly well. For whatever reason, Justin Huron, he's been a perfectly capable left tackle in his career, but whenever the Patriots have tried to play him over on the right side, it just, it just hasn't worked. It didn't work last season when they tried to do it, when they had all those injuries, and it didn't work yesterday, and I think the Patriots pretty quickly realized that because they plugged Yadni Kajust into that spot today. Uh, and Kajust actually had a pretty solid practice. He's he's a guy that has really been a disappointment throughout his career. Third round draft pick a couple of years ago has only seen offensive snaps in three games in his career. And he was benched in one of those games. Um, but so far today, he really did seem to be a bit of a stabilizing force on that right side there. So going to be interesting to see how that sort of impacts the Patriots roster conversation moving forward uh because i think a lot of people have pretty much pegged justin Huron as that obvious third tackle between behind win and trent brown but if he's not somebody you can trust at all to play on the right side then you need somebody in that spot too so that probably uh, if that happens that probably allows kajus to stick on the roster for another year but obviously we've got several weeks before uh before all that uh roster conversation shakes out and and then even with michael Wenu. He's it's interesting that the Patriots are so insistent at playing him at guard. Uh, they did this last year, too. He just to me in my evaluation and now obviously the Patriots are better player evaluators than than I am. But it just seems like he's been better at tackle in his career. Uh, the Patriots, if you remember, started him at right guard early last season and then ended up benching him for or at left guard. Rather, started him at left guard ended up benching him for uh, for Ted Karras about a month into the year. And then the rest of the time, he was just a jumbo tight end backup tackle type. Uh, have seen him play very, very little at right tackle um, in training camp and, and back in the spring. Uh, did it a little bit yesterday, but but he's also been subbed out a couple times on that first team offense. We've seen Arlington Hambright take some uh, snaps there at right guard because uh, a lot of people who are, who are kind of in the weeds with this whole 
Shanahan McVay style zone running scheme. They just say that Awenu, his body type, his play play style just isn't the best fit for an offense like that. That usually uh, utilizes some more kind of smaller, quicker uh, interior offensive lineman. He's obviously a big dude, 350 pounds, power type guy, maybe more of a fit for the type of offense that the Patriots traditionally have run. But so a lot of uh, moving parts in there in this offensive line. It's, I know it might not be the most exciting topic of conversation to spend 25 minutes talking about the O-line, but I really think that this is the, the single biggest kind of wild card on this Patriots, uh, on this Patriots offense right now. And, and certainly something that uh, fans should be keeping an eye on uh, in this preseason game, both for the players on the field and the coaches on the sideline, just to see how all of this shakes out, but moving yeah. on to, to, to just some, some other things that, we're going to be looking for on um, uh, on Thursday night, rather in this preseason opener. Still, some questions on defense. Uh, I think I'm pretty interested still to see how this whole cornerback situation shakes out because we've really seen it, it, it's we've still seen a lot of rotation at that position. A lot of players cycling through. There hasn't really been uh, a case in these last in this last week and a half or so where you can say, all right, well, these are the obvious two starters on the outside or the obvious starter in the slot. And then everybody's kind of battling for spots behind him or behind them rather. Uh, it looked like that a little bit at the start of camp, but now we've really seen a lot of guys move up and down. Patriots trying guys in different spots, Patriots moving people around. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what that whole depth chart looks like in this preseason game and, and moving forward. Uh, but at, at that cornerback position, what's what sort of stands out to you? Who are the guys that you are most excited to watch this preseason? Uh, and what are you really looking for at that spot? Yeah, well, I think an interesting thing that happened today was Jonathan Jones uh, playing outside. Um, we were talking about that during practice. You know, that's who knows what that means. Maybe they just want to give it a look. Um, I, I Yeah, I think the cornerback thing is fascinating. And, and, you know, I think I've talked about on the last episode where, you know, maybe I'm just being naive, but I'm really not that worried about the cornerbacks. You know, I don't think it's they're especially deep. Um, and I don't think they're, you know, the talent is that high end. I mean, I, I, I think the rookies are promising. But again, I go back to if they get a pass rush and they stop the run, I think they have more than enough a cornerback to figure it out. Um, but, you know, I, I think, you know, a player that's really stood out here or as the practices have gone on is Marcus Jones. I think he had a, uh, he had a, a sack on a slot blitz yesterday, broke up a couple passes. Uh, I think he's got at least one interception during camp so far. Just seems like as the practices go on, become more and more uh, just just a pest. Uh, and he, he's kind of been all over the place. Um, and, you know, are we really weren't, weren't sure where he was going to play at the start of camp. He was, you know, I think it was Sean Wade was getting the first cracks at slot cornerback when we started. Then Marcus Jones started slotting in there. Uh, and, to, and as you said, the Patriots have kind of played with lineups uh, throughout the practices. But I think every time he's been out there, for the most part, he's been really impressive. Uh, and, you know, he's obviously very quick. He's very athletic. He's short, and that does show up sometimes. You see some some contested balls where, you know, if he had a little bit more arm length, he probably would have gotten to it. And, you know, that's that's going to show up when you're, when you're a short cornerback. Uh, but I think he's been really good. I think Jack Jones, again, same thing that, you know, there has have been some ups and downs. Uh, but I think on the whole, far more encouraging than not. I think the Patriots, relatively speaking, trust him, um, which I think is just a kind of a surprising and positive development considering where he was drafted, some of the question marks after he was drafted. Um, and again, there's a long way to go in camp and preseason. We'll see how the, the roles these two guys have, but it, they're trending in a way that would indicate that they're going to have 
uh, at least somewhat significant roles uh, once the season rolls around. And then, you know, beyond that, I think Terrence Mitchell seems like his spot is safe. I think he's been good for them during training camp. Jalen Mills has been rock solid. Like, he's just every single day. Like, he's kind of set it and forget it. I haven't even had to think about him. Um, Malcolm Butler, I think, is just a player that we're going to be watching uh, throughout the rest of August because that one could kind of go either way. Um, But I think it's been, I think, you know, part of it is you wonder how much has to do with the struggles of the offense. But for me, you know, I, I don't think the Patriots defensive backs have gotten enough credit during training camp. I think they've played really well and certainly a lot better than a lot of people thought they would. Yeah, certainly notable too. going back to Marcus Jones, who, who you mentioned there earlier, notable that when the Patriots had their their in-stadium game simulation last Friday, uh, there's only two. They basically split their roster straight in half. One team, mostly starters and, and key contributors. The other team, mostly backups. Every rookie was on the backup team except for two. Cole Strange, who is obviously going to be most likely the Patriots starting left guard this year. And Marcus Jones were the only two that were on that uh, starter side. So that kind of shows you where he, uh, where he kind of is already in, in that pecking order at cornerback. Those guys, they have to get rid of the numbers, the fifties numbers though. <laughs> That'll happen this week. They'll finally get some real, real Jersey numbers. You, you mentioned that Marcus Jones is small. He is small. And when he's wearing number 52, he looks even smaller. So that's yeah. uh, that'll, that'll be a positive development for those, uh, those rookies here, but um, we'll finish off here just with going into this, this first preseason game. I've got to imagine we probably won't see the top units play all that much. Um, the, the shrinking from four games to three games in the preseason has messed with some traditional um, traditional ways that teams handle the preseason. But if I have to, if I had to guess, you probably will see, maybe a couple series from, from the starting offense and the starting defense. And then uh, you'll see a lot of the reserves and the younger players come in, which means we should see a fair amount of the Patriots rookie class, which so far, obviously very early, haven't even played any games yet, but you can take some, some positive things from a lot of the players in this rookie class. Uh, We've mentioned a lot of them already, uh, but Tyquan Thornton, the wide receiver really seems to be, kind of developing and and progressing the way that you want to see over the course of training camp uh, made a couple of nice plays uh, nice catches during one-on-one drills on Monday uh, has been getting a lot of looks with Mac Jones and the starting offense really since the beginning of training camp um, I still don't think that he's going to be a uh, a guy that's going to put up crazy numbers in this offense this year because he does have a lot of veterans above him but he really seems to be moving in the right direction. And, and then one more is Pierre Strong, the, the rookie running back, who was really missed the first week and a half or so of camp. He was at every practice. He was in uniform for every practice, but really didn't do much of anything. Um, he was coming back from, from an undisclosed injury, mostly worked on, on the side field doing some rehabbing, conditioning stuff, but finally been able to get back in the mix in these last couple of practices and already seems to be moving up that depth chart a bit. It was interesting to me in practice today that we saw him uh, get reps above JJ Taylor in a couple of 11 on 11 periods. Uh, Haven't really seen a ton of big time splash plays from him so far, but we'll take a couple handoffs, catch a couple passes in each practice. Also had a nice blitz pick blitz pickup near the goal line today. Um, So he's certainly a guy that I'm going to be very excited to watch in this game on Thursday, assuming the Patriots feel comfortable enough with his injury status to, to give him some playing time, which does seem like it will be the case just based on what we've seen in these last couple of practices. And, and he like Thornton is 
is really a speed guy. He was the fastest running back at the combine this year uh, and being able to see him in some actual real live full contact situations, which you don't get a lot in training camp. Uh, I think that's going to be really interesting to see. So, uh, and then one more rookie, uh, I'll let you talk about him a little bit. LeBron Ray, I know you're writing about him today. Uh, I'd say at this point probably has the best chance of making the roster of any of the undrafted rookies. Uh, he's an Alabama product, five-star kid, really had his college career pretty much wrecked by injuries. He dealt with a lot of them over the time he was at Alabama, but he's been healthy this summer and he seems to make a, a play or two every game, a defensive lineman, uh, edge rusher type that's really been disruptive so far in camp. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, to, to your point on Ray, I think he's, he's really shown up every day. And I guess that's, you know, you first started to really notice it last week um, where it seemed like, you know, who is this guy who's, who's kind of made plays now in like a few consecutive days. Um, and it just kind of continued into this week. And he, he was in the backfield today. Um, really just seems to be kind of becoming like the the next Adam Butler, in my opinion, like a, a sub rusher that the Patriots, um, you know, can bring in here and there. Uh, and he's been impressive. I know uh, injuries were, I believe, you know, a pretty big issue for him in college. Um, but he's been really impressive. And if you, if you add him to the rookie class, which again, he wasn't a draft pick, so you might be, you know, kind of doing the Patriots a favor there, but you know, he's another rookie. Uh, and I think, you know, you, you, you can't get yourself carried away, but I think the early returns on what they did uh, with the rookie classes here have been mostly positive. And I think, you know, one of the top things that stands out is, you know, we all remember after, you know, after the draft during Matt Groh's media availability, he really honestly, as part of him sort of pushing back against criticism, it seemed he really stressed that the Patriots went into the draft wanting to get speed. And that was a top priority for them. And he, he kind of said that he said speed over and over. Uh, and that's kind of shown up. I mean, Tyquan Thorne speaks for himself. That has absolutely translated. We've seen that. Um, I think Marcus Jones, that it stands out right away, too. He's he's extremely quick. Jack Jones, to a lesser degree, but he still is, is fast and athletic. Uh, Pierre Strong, again, to your point, we haven't been able to see him in many situations where he can show off that speed. But he's someone who that is that's that's his M.O. That's 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 what he's known for is his speed and athleticism. And then Cole Strange, again. As I said, he's he's had his ups and downs during practices, but one thing that's not really up for debate is the athleticism that he brings to that position at left guard. And when he is when he has had opportunities to get out in space and get up the field, you really see what he's been able to do. So I think, you know, the youth, the energy, the athleticism, the speed uh, that of the draft class that the Patriots advertised uh, and that they really built up when the draft was over, uh, I think that has shown up. Does that mean that these guys are going to have big roles and be successful NFL players? No idea. We're two weeks into training camp, so you really can't say at this point. But uh, I think, you know, if, if you wanted the Patriots to get faster and you wanted for them to address that need in the draft, to this point in training camp, uh, it seems like, you know, they might have found something with the players if they got it. Certainly all players we're going to be watching uh, Thursday night when the Patriots take on the Giants in their first preseason game. Kickoff for that is at 7 p.m. here at Gillette Stadium and really kicks off the kind of the second phase of, of the Patriots uh, Patriots training camp, Patriots preseason, whatever you want to call it, uh, because it goes preseason game against the Giants, joint practices against the Panthers, preseason game against the Panthers, joint practices against the, uh, against the Raiders out in Las Vegas, then preseason game against the Raiders. So basically almost every competitive Patriots practice from here on out or competitive Patriots, anything from here on out, is going to be against another team. So uh, I think you're really going to see the intensity and, and obviously the competitiveness 
kind of uh, ratchet up a bit from what we've seen so far in training camp, or at least you would hope so uh, from a Patriots perspective. But that will do it for this week's Nesson Patriots podcast. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at Zach Cox Nesson. You can follow Dakota at Dak Randall Nesson. You can follow along with all of our Patriots coverage on Nesson.com. And you can tune in to the Nesson Patriots podcast again next week.